Good music is what we want to hear. What do you mean, good music? It's what we dance to, what our children will dance to. And if you don't want to play it, then take your records and go home. Did you have a band? Good or bad? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the air. Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Cott. I write about rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune. This week on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Jim and I run down our experiences at this year's South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas. We'll tell you about some of our favorite discoveries, and later on we'll review the new album from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time for some music news. Got no cover. That is the artist named Nathan Williams who records under the name Waves. He was one of 1,900 artists and bands to play at the 23rd annual South by Southwest Music Conference that just completed in Austin, Texas. Jim and I were once again happily on the scene uh, to cover this conference. It is the single biggest music conference in North America. More than 10,000 people registering for the conference. 1,900 bands of which Nathan Williams and Waves was one. At one point, Williams joked during one of his sets, this is one of 953 gigs that I'm playing this week. And he was (laughs) not exaggerating, at least not by much. There was a lot of those little guerrilla-style gigs, you know, uh, 20 minutes on the west side of town, 20 minutes on the east side of town, 20 minutes at 6th Street, 20 minutes on Red River, all in the name of getting your music out in front of this rather large gathering of publicists, managers, talent buyers, record company executives, journalists, and just good old music fans coming down to Austin in the middle of March to enjoy a lot of music and a lot of discussion about the future of the music industry. Absolutely true, Greg. We spend our days in the convention center actually going to some of these panels rather than going to the uh, barbecue-heavy parties. But, but you know, it really is a chance to look into the belly of the beast and to hear some of these people talk who you don't often have access to, even, even us as journalists. There was a lot of talk of the artist as entrepreneur, how the artist is going to have to become his or her own manager, booking agent, publicist, radio promotion person, There was a lot of talk about how the CD is going to be dead and gone and history within five years. I attended the indie label panel, which was really kind of distressing. You had representatives from some of the best indie labels in America up there, Barsook, Bloodshot, Touch and Go. The guy who was representing Touch and Go was one of the 20 out of the 23 employees who were laid off just a couple of weeks ago. Right. You know, talk about mixed feelings. One of the things that was frightening uh, suggested at the indie label panel was that in order to survive, indie labels may have to soon be signing the sort of 360 deals that we're seeing giants like Madonna and U2 sign with Live Nation. What is a 360 deal? Well, traditionally, you know, the band signed with the record company. The record company got big chunk of the profits from the record sales, but the band kept its own uh, profits from touring and from selling merchandise, every t-shirt that was sold. Now, record companies are increasingly wanting a piece of every 
dime that the artist makes, which is making many artists say, well, why then would I need a record company at all? Well, I think the answer to that question is that a lot of artists don't want to do all these things by themselves. A lot of them can't do what Radiohead or Nine Inch Nails did. In other words, distributing their music basically on their own through a website. A lot of artists do need help booking shows. A lot of artists do need help selling recorded music. But they don't need the scale of a label to do that. They need a smaller team around them. And there was a lot of talk about smaller partnerships involving a group of a few people around a single artist, helping that artist get the music out there, uh, spread the wealth around, and create a multiple revenue streams. So maybe this is the future of the business, Jim, a, a smaller niche model built around individual artists rather than bigger record labels. The other talk uh, that we could not escape in Austin, of course, was the future of the music business with regards to the Internet. There was a lot of talk about this issue of the dark net, this mysterious concept of uh, communities within the Internet, sort of an underground of the underground, where a lot of file sharing and information sharing is going on underneath the radar screen of any kind of legal oversight. And this is sort of sending waves of paranoia through the music business because it's basically saying there is no way that these communities on the dark net are going to be traceable and artists are ever going to get paid. So what do we do about that? One panelist who represents songwriters in America was saying, you know, we're talking about the future of democracy here. If, if we don't solve <laughs> this problem, the government's going to step in and solve it for us through very forcible means by forcing people to do complete background checks before they even sign on to the Internet. Now, there were more reasonable solutions on the table, and the main one right now, the main thrust of the music industry's approach to the Internet issue is to go after Internet service providers and say, in order to gain access to the net, let's have the Internet service providers collect fees from all the users and then distribute that to the songwriters and artists. It's going to start at American universities apparently next year, the year 2010, mm -hmm. but how this system exactly will work, that still hasn't been worked out. Well, the big question for the major labels is, will they have anything to sell anymore? Will it all just be the Wild West, as you were saying, and everything's available for free download? For the first time in the 17 years I've gone to South by Southwest, I sat in on a panel that was dedicated to one piece of new product. Yeah. And you say, wow, that's really indulgent, a 90-minute session to hype this upcoming <laughs> release. However, I think it is nothing short of one possible future for why people would still buy packaged, recorded music. Right. Neil Young's archives is the great white whale, you know, half <laughs> half myth and, and half legend of record releases. People have been waiting for this thing for decades now, mm -hmm. literally. But there is a firm release date, June 2nd, and I've seen it, touched it, and saw it lovingly <laughs> displayed by uh, Young's manager, Elliot Roberts, and his archivist, Larry Johnson. It's amazing. It's 10 CDs, it's 10 DVDs, or it's 10 Blu-ray discs. In addition to Young being very obsessive and lingering over this thing forever, which covers the first 10 years of his career, they were waiting for the Blu-ray technology to really be in place because a key element of what they want, you plop down $299 for the Blu-ray discs. They wanted it to be constantly upgradable. It's a platform. Mm -hmm. It's not a box set. It's, it's not just one piece of product. Every bit of newly unearthed archival material, you know, because it's an ongoing thing. You know, some collector hears about this box and discovers, I have this incredible concert from Cleveland in 1969. All this stuff is going to be constantly updated to your Neil Young box once you hook in to the internet via the Blu-ray disc. But that's a neat idea. You know, you pay once 
for this chunk of the guy's history for 10 years, and then anything else they ever find from that era gets loaded into your box set. Yeah, totally revolutionary concept for the box set. Greg Pat, reporting from Austin, Texas, uh, South by Southwest Music Conference. You're hearing a little bit of Handsome Birds in the background as they're wrapping up Montreal Band, husband and wife duo, and uh, just a really intense performance here as the night is winding down. And uh, we'll be reporting back later on in the week with more from the South by Southwest Music Conference. That was a little anecdotal reporting, such as it was, from the uh, scene of the South by Southwest Music Conference in Austin, Texas, where Jim and I spent the last week. We both came back with a long list of bands that we really enjoyed. And what we're going to do in the next few minutes is run through a couple of the best of the best. New bands, or relatively new bands, that we liked a lot at South by Southwest. And Handsome Furs was definitely on that list for me. A new album out on Sub Pop Records called Face Control. It's their second album, I think a huge step up for the band in terms of the songwriting. And as I tried to get across a little bit in that phone call from uh, the streets of Austin, a very intense live show. It's basically just two people on stage, the best known of which is probably Dan Beckner, the guitarist and singer in the band. He is uh, better known for his day gig in uh, the Montreal band Wolf Parade. He's accompanied by his wife, Alexi Perry, who plays keyboards and really steals the show in live performance. I mean, it's, it's like watching an aerobics instructor go to work up there while she's playing those keyboards. And it's a very intense live show. You know, Jim, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a little bit of a mini trend going on with these really stripped-down bands. A lot of duos, a lot of uh, synthetic electronic percussion backed with these really minimalist type of performance settings. You know, just a singer, yeah. a beatbox, and maybe a guitar, but really intense live performances. Well, you know, uh, you know I'll tell you why, Greg, because, you know, acts are touring <laughs> yeah. America, and it's a lot cheaper to get into your Honda and, yeah. and drive down to Texas from wherever than it is to rent a van. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to pay that rolling drum machine nearly right. m- as much as you would have to a live drummer, right? Doesn't so need any barbecue. It makes sense, but they totally pulled it off live. The band again, Handsome Furs out of Montreal, and here's a track that I really love from their new album, All We Want Baby Is Everything, on Sound Opinions.
That is All We Want Baby is Everything from the Handsome Furs, one of my favorite new bands that I discovered at uh, South by Southwest. Uh, we're going to go list down a few of the bands that we really, really loved at the music conference in Austin, Texas. Jim, what do you got? Well, yeah, and it's not just us bragging about how much fun we had down south. Uh, you know, hopefully these bands are going to be coming through your neck of the woods in the future. The music is available for download. It's a customer service yeah. here at Sound Opinions. We want you to get as excited about this music as we are. Speaking of duos. Greg, I saw one from Australia called Ann Horse. A-N Horse. Kate Cooper on guitars and vocals and Damon Cox on drums and vocals. And it really is an ultra energetic explosion of pop punk charm. You know, uh, Kate Cooper has this kind of nervous personality. You know, she's this waif of a girl from Australia <laughs> and, and she's kind of sounding on edge, but wins you over. I, I had heard this record, uh, Rearranged Beds, when it came out last year. I said, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. There's some good hooks there. But seeing her live put it over the top for me. Damon Cox is a great drummer, really kept things moving. As I said, very exuberant, very energetic, but singing these great harmonies that that really knocked you over the head with the hooks, the strength of the hooks. There was a lot of that I saw in different corners this year where you, you were getting these great harmony pairs writing hooks again, mm-hmm. which is which is great because I love a little bit of bubblegum even in my noise rock. And that's basically what you have with Ann Horse. I want to play a track called Horizons from the Rearranged Beds album by Ann Horse on Sound Opinions.
That is Horizons from Ann Horse, one of Jim DeRigatis' picks from the South by Southwest Music Conference. Jim and I are going to be back on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media to share more of our favorite bands from the music conference. And later on, we're going to review the new album from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim Deergatis. He's Greg Cott. I think you can still hear in our voices. We're pretty tired. <laughs> I came back with the traditional post-South by Southwest cold. Last year it was you. Yes, was I had a right? terrible cold after the last year. You know, what a price we pay for yes. the rock and roll. <laughs> but rock and roll is our lives, and that's what Sound Opinions is about. You are hearing a little bit of the Chicago band Red Red Meat. You know, it's not all about discovering new bands, Greg. We've had a lot of great experiences at South by Southwest, seeing acts that are either coming together or were a huge part of history that you get one last chance to see them. And maybe they continue for a second act of their careers. Maybe they don't. I have been saying for years, and I know that you agree with me on this, that the uh, mid-'90s Chicago art punk twisted psychedelic blues underground heroes red red meat you know they're one of those bands like where where all of a sudden people suddenly rediscover them you know how noi was an early german kraut rock band from the early 70s and suddenly 15 years later because stereo lab loves them everyone's into noisy again yeah. right i've been waiting for that day with red red meat because they were so far ahead of their time on the three albums the first three albums that they made in the mid 90s you can hear echoes in the white stripes and all sorts of other bands today But Red Red Meat was so much more complex in what they were doing, and I think the time is now. Sub Pop has just reissued their 1995 album, Bunny Gets Paid, and Red Red Meat decided to do three gigs to celebrate. Two at home in Chicago and one at South by Southwest, led by Tim Rutilli, two drummers, Brian Deck, who has since gone on to become a very successful producer in his own right, Ben Mozzarella, who plays with uh, Rutilli in one of his many other bands. Uh, Tim's got all these other projects now, including Caliphone. 
and Tim Hurley, this unnaturally tall uh, <laughs> bass player who I believe after Red Red Meat went on to become a successful lawyer. So he's kind of slumming by coming back. <laughs> and then suddenly there they were on stage again. It was like old home night. It was like 1994 in Chicago again. Right. I love Bunny Gets Paid. Not even my favorite one, though, kids. If you're going to dig out a Red Red Meat record, Jimmy Wine Majestic yes, is the masterpiece. the one. But boy, was it great to hear this shambling, one-of-a-kind, otherworldly sound, and to reconfirm that, yeah, it really was that good back in the day, and it still is that good now. Here's a song from Bunny Gets Paid by Red Red Meat. It's called Carpet of Horses on Sound Opinions. That is Red Red Meat with Carpet of Horses on Sound Opinions. They played one new song during that set, We Can Hope. Uh, We can hope, but what a great voice. Tim Rattilli, nobody sounds quite like him. I met a very exciting new artist at uh, South by Southwest, and the beauty of that conference is that you just bump into all sorts of fascinating people on the streets of of Austin. In the case of uh, this next artist... We were covering the Kanye West gig, which was just outside of town, just on the fringe of the conference. East Austin. Giving a big showcase conference where he was streaming uh, the show live, introducing many of the acts on his good music label. And one of the people attending that show was an artist from the U.K. named Ebony Bones. And I recognized her immediately about 40 feet away from you. You can't miss her. She's got this fantastic golden afro with these rainbow-colored outfits on. I go, you know, that looks a lot like the artist I want to see later on tonight. (laughs) And it happened to be, yes, indeed, Ebony Bone. So I struck up a conversation with her. I said, hey, I really like the stuff that I've been hearing on the MySpace site. She had this charming British accent telling me about her band, a seven-piece band with a heavy Caribbean vibe. The way I describe the sound is like uh, Mardi Gras goes punk. They've got this incredible second-line rhythm going on in the drumming, and it's a party vibe on stage. The carnival is on, and yet at the same time, it's very gritty and seedy and punky. So uh, transitioning between 
traditional New Orleans music, club music, and punk rock. She's right at the intersection of all those three influences and a dynamic live performer. I mean, let's go beyond the neon hues that she's wearing and just an incredibly energetic performer. You know, we we respect each other's distance at South by Southwest because we are arch competitors for the newspaper, you know, so I don't like to show up the same gig you are, vice versa. But I saw you being photographed with this flamboyantly dressed woman. And yeah. I'm like, what is that about? Yeah, really. And she I insisted on taking a picture with you. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. Here I am. Somewhere in the internet, a picture of me and Emity Bones may show up. But anyway, here's a great track from her called Warrior, one of the tracks she played at the South by Southwest Music Conference on Sound Opinions. Up for 17 hours. What the heck? 
that was me at South by Southwest back before I caught this cold. And I did go to bed after that, Greg, uh, but I still have this cold nonetheless a couple of days later. That's what South by Southwest is about to me, this complete and utter discovery. I had no idea who this band from Bristol, England was, although they're not really from Bristol. They're from Venus. Okay, the she creatures are from Venus. They are here to mess with all of us sexy earthlings, as they kept saying. This was right out of an Austin Powers movie. And I am aware that both what I said in Texas and what I am saying now, it could make – I was having this conversation with Jeff Travis who runs Rough Trade Record. He said, what's the best thing you saw? And I told him. And he says, that sounds bloody awful. And I said, no, 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 but it's brilliant. You got It's a fine line between shtick and brilliance. You have these women on stage dressed in silver spandex Barbarella spacesuits. <laughs> They've got phosphorescent blue wigs. They've got a Vox Continental organ and a theremin covered in blue fur. And if the songs weren't there, you know, uh, <laughs> then it would have been horrible. But it, they were and there was – this great cheeky fun attitude and they were playing in front of this glass window and everybody who was walking down the block had to stop and and look in what is this about what mm-hmm. just landed and it was it was exactly like that these girls just got out of a ufo in austin texas and are playing this gig and then they're going back and will we ever hear from them again i sure hope so i want a 10 cd she creatures <laughs> box set and i want it now Listen to this song. Tell me this isn't brilliant. It's called Space Madness by Bristol's She Creatures on Sound Opinions. She Creatures, the absolute best band in the universe, outside of planet Earth, anyway, <laughs> with Space Madness on Sound Opinions. What have you got for us next, Mr. Cott? Jim, I'm not quite sure that this band was nearly as flamboyant as the She Creatures, but they were close. Again, 
a male-female duo that was really bringing the intensity live. You, you know, you see these bands with these little rinky-dick setups, and you go, how good can this be? How loud can this possibly be? <laughs> and then they come in there, and they are in your face from the beginning to end, and at the end of it, you're just going, wow, that was way better than their MySpace page. The band I'm talking about is Cap Bambino from France. It's a duo consisting of Carolyn Marshall on lead vocals and Orion Bouvier on uh, electronics and all sorts of uh, electronic assault equipment is the best way I can describe it. Like you, were, you felt like you were having a power drill nailed into your skull wow. while this guy was performing. And she was just a ball of fire up there. I mean, she was in everybody's face. If you did not remember this band or know who this band was when they went on stage, 40 minutes later, you sure as heck knew who they were. A great performance band. The records, I don't think, really speak as well to what it was like seeing them live, but they're pretty good. And I'm going to play a track from Cap Bambino that they played at South by Southwest. It's called Acid Eyes on Sound Opinions. That was Cap Bambino and the song Acid Eyes, one of Greg Cott's picks from South by Southwest 2009. To share your experiences at South by Southwest or to comment on anything that we say on Sound Opinions, call our hotline 888-859-1800 or email us at interact at soundopinions.org. We're going to wrap up our South by Southwest report for this year after a short break on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. And then Greg and I will review the newest from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis. He's Greg Cott. We are recapping our picks from South by Southwest 2009, and that is the French singer Yell. All these French uh, women traveling to Austin, <laughs> Texas and making a big impact. Who would have thunk it? Duo bands and French women, the big trends of South by Southwest 2009. <laughs> Julie Boudet debuted a while back uh, last year. The pop-up album was released in the U.S. Her roots in France run back even deeper. She performs on stage under the uh, the name Yell, which is uh, the feminized acronym for the French You Enjoy Life. And boy, is that a perfect name for this woman. Jason, one of our producers, was a big fan of this record and had turned me on to it last year. And I thought, this is okay. It's a little slick bubblegum dance pop. You know, it has, mm. has some great hooks, right? It's all about seeing this woman live. Right. On stage, she was a bundle of energy. She was kind of dressed not unlike a member of the She Creatures, a little bit less flamboyant, a little bit less Venus, a little more Paris. Somebody from the Dallas Observer compared her to Jane Fonda in those 80s aerobic workout videos. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what she was like. She was a cheerleader and impossible to resist because everything, of course, sounds better in French, even when you're saying, hello, Austin, you know? <laughs> and uh, I just was bowled away by her exuberance, her energy, and the bubblegum was best enjoyed on the dance floor, even better than the record. But here is the recorded version. Yell with the song A Cause des Garçons, my final pick from South by Southwest 2009 on Sound Opinions. <laughs>
That is Yell with a cause des garçons from her album from last year, Pop Up, here on Sound Opinions. Greg, you got one more South By pick. Indeed I do, Jim. I'm saving the best for last. The single best performance I saw at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, was by a band called St. Vincent, which is actually the name under which Annie Clark performs and records. She was previously a member of a band we liked quite a bit, made quite a splash years ago at South by Southwest, the Polyphonic Spree. And she has branched out on her own to do St. Vincent. Now, she's about to release her second album. I was fairly impressed with the record she put out a couple of years ago and the performances around it, but I think she's taken a huge step up with uh, this second record, which is called Actor, and the live performance that I saw the other night in a uh, Presbyterian church on 8th Street, a great setting for a concert. She uh, is a guitar player. She was uh, with a band that uh, had a little bit of a Renaissance Fair vibe going about it. And you're thinking, well, how good is this going to be with the violin and the flute and everything? It's going to be a little twee. (laughs) And they were playing these madrigal-type sounding melodies and a a few hymn-like melodies. And then she would come in the middle of these songs with this guitar playing that the best thing I can compare it to is something like a a, a P.J. Harvey would do, just completely smashing apart everything in the room. A fine vocalist with this aggressive guitar sound, beautiful melodies, and a magnetizing stage presence. I think it's all coming together for Annie Clark and St. Vincent. And here's a song that I think is going to show up on my year-end mixtape, The Strangers, from her new record, Actor, on Sound Opinions. That is The Strangers from St. Vincent, one of my favorite artists at the South by Southwest Music Conference for the complete list of everything that Jim DeRogatis and I liked at South by Southwest. Go to soundopinions.org. Shake it like a latitude song. Makes me feel like a madman on the run. Find me, never, never find. 
That's a track called Zero from the new Yeah Yeah Yeah's record called It's Blitz on Sound Opinions. Here's a band that uh, made a big impression as part of the new wave of new wave coming out of New York City about a decade ago. We're talking about bands like The Strokes and TV on the radio and these guys causing a lot of attention uh, around the world. Their debut record in 2003, Fever to Tell, sold three quarters of a million copies around the world, established the band in a big way with a single called Maps. Nick Zinner on guitar, one of the uh, fine new guitar players in modern rock, and Karen O as a, as a singer and a stage presence, really establishing a new kind of female persona with that flashy trash fashion sense and that attitude that harkened back to the first set of new wave bands with people like Lena Lovitch, Lydia Lunch, and Deborah Harry from Blondie, bringing that into the 21st century. Now the band is on its third album. It's retooled sound a little bit. Jim and I are going to talk about that in a minute, but first let's hear a track from that record. It's called Heads Will Roll from the new Yeah Yeah Yeah's record It's Blitz on Sound Opinions. Off with your head Dance to your dead Heads will roll That is Heads Will Roll by Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs on Sound Opinions from their new album, It's Blitz. Off with your head, dance till you're dead, Karen O <laughs> demands. And uh, when she says something, you better listen. She is an incredibly galvanizing front woman, but she is only one-third of the sound of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, Greg. The other two key ingredients have been the kind of frenetic drumming of Brian Chase and the wonderful punk rock take on shoegazer guitar of Nick Zinner and the band has had the courage to mess with two of those elements Mm -hmm. Chase is playing a much more straightforward dance floor friendly groove and Zinner is largely playing synthesizers although I gather some of them are guitars that sound like synthesizers 
this is half of a dance rock record, mm-hmm. and it's half of a kind of poppy ballad record, but with the yeah, yeah, yeah style. Not for nothing is the cover of this record a picture of O's hand cracking open an egg uh, <laughs> shot in slow motion. So it was like this explosion, right? We've seen a lot of wonderful bands with a sound that sounded very fresh at first, like The Strokes, like Franz Ferdinand, both of them peers of Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And by the third album, they've run out of gas. I think the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs are to be commended for really trying to do something radically new in the face of just uh, you know working the same old formula. I'd say it's a buy it record. Jim, I agree with you. I uh, hear in this record not only a change in their sound, which at first may be a little bit jarring, but I thought was 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 terrific in its own right, but also a sense of new introspection. Uh, you mentioned the sort of more low-key stuff on this record, and I think that's really the heart of this record. I think it really picks up where Maps left off in 2003. They never really returned to that sound in a big way. Well, they have on this record. It reminds me a little bit of LCD Sound System and James Murphy on their second record, where they sort of went beyond that chic surface that was dominating the clubs yeah. and got a little deeper emotionally. And this record resonates emotionally for me in a way that the previous Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's records never did. I think on that song, Hysteric in particular, you know, where she says a line like, you suddenly complete me, you think, well, that's a little bit of a cliche. But in the context of that beautiful song, to hear her sort of let some of that celebrity skin down and let us peer inside is kind of moving. I think this record on a whole shows a different side of the band that I did not expect to hear at this point in their career. It's a buy-it record all the way. So two enthusiastic buy-its for the yeah, yeah, yeahs. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Jim, we're going to talk to an excellent band from the Pacific Northwest. They're going to be in the studio for an interview and a live performance. It's Blitzen Trapper. As always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Sound Opinions was produced by our ace team of Todd Bachman, Jason Saldana, and Robin Lynn. We were crying because they couldn't come to Texas with us this year. <laughs> we were. Nor, nor could our fearless leader, Tori Southside Malatia. But we brought him back a bottle of that Ironworks barbecue sauce. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic, so now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hey, Jim and Greg, this is Anthony from Chicago. Your recent review of Chris Cornell's new solo album, Scream, panned the album with such operatic gusto that it threatened to break the buy it, burn it, trash it scale. So I'm calling to suggest you amend the scale with a new rating. In Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Robert Piercig describes the Zen concept of moo, which is the only correct response to a question that is itself based on flawed or an unresolvable premise, and a logical fallacy such as, have you stopped beating your wife? Piercig translates moo, M-U, as unask the question. So 
I suggest that for albums such as Cornell's Scream, you might want to add a new rating of Moo for Unmake the Album. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, my name is Ted Trestick. I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. Um, Just started listening to the podcast for a couple weeks now. I really enjoyed the show, but I was really turned off by some of the comments with the Rock Doctors. I know I'm not the only person to call about this. I'm sure you're getting tons and tons of them, and there's good reason for that. It's about your comments about the Dave Matthews Band, comparing them to eating seven pounds of butter and smoking three packs of cigarettes and I think that's kind of ridiculous. I don't understand why you have such disdain for the Dave Matthews Band. They're one of the most successful touring bands um, the last 15 years outside of U2 and the Rolling Stones. I mean, that's pretty good company. And I guess by association, you're discrediting Warren Haynes, Bella Fleck, Carlos Santana, James Brown, Neil Young, Buddy Guy, Trey Anastasio. They've all shared a stage with the Dave Matthews Band. So you're kind of saying that their musical taste is like eating seven pounds of butter as well. Anyway, I'll keep listening. I enjoy the show. Take care. Hey, it's Jim and Greg. This is Sean Garth Walker from Ypsilanti, Michigan. I just I uh, was listening to the Rock Doctor show where he recommended Blitz and Trapper, which is a great band, but why? Like, seriously, Dave Matthews, did you have to play? It's just terrible, man. There was no need to torture us with that stuff. Just say Dave Matthews, and we can all groan together that someone would actually listen to that. But for the love of everything, don't play it on the air. That's all. Jim and Greg, this is Chris from Portland. Just listened to the show where you discuss Cursive and Chris Cornell's catastrophic new record. And just had one quick comment. You guys both referred to Spinal Tap in your uh, Chris Cornell review. You both mentioned Nigel St. Hubbins when, in fact, David St. Hubbins is the lead singer and uh, the lion-maned man, while Nigel Tufnell is the lead guitarist author of Lick My Love Pump, among many other masterpieces. I don't want to be the police, but I just thought you guys might want to make sure you get that correct, because it's not quite blasphemy, but Spinal Tap is up there. Thanks for the show, guys. Love it. Bye-bye. No more messages. To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.